and welcome to Joy News Prime. This is live from our studio here in Kokomlimli, Accra. Coming up in this our latest data from 2023, annual household income and expenditure has revealed that 14.7% of people aged 15 to 35 were unemployed in the third quarter of 2023. We have details. Also, Speaker of Parliament gives all clear to the MPP national executives to proceed to initiate leadership shakeup as he rules, political parties must lead the process of selecting new leaders in the House. Not be talking about you designating or appointing your leaders without the, the party leading the process. Also, Deputy Majority Leader Afanyo Markin proposes meeting between flag bearers of NDC and MPP to reach consensus on anti-gay bill in another attempt to block passage by the shutdown as the House uh, readies itself to pass the controversial bill. I have proposed in the letter that the two flag bearers for the 2024 elections be engaged by the sponsors and my myself. At 8 p.m., I hand over to Emma Davis to bring you prime business. Some eight foreign trade associations express grave concern about the import restriction legislative instruments. We bring you an analysis. We are concerned that um, fundamentally the government will be choosing who gets to be an importer into the country. And these have the potential to distort competition that flow from the break of international trade norms. Then later at 8.30, Razak, Razak Muzbao will have latest from the World of Sports. Our government moves to address unpaid bonuses concerns of the Black Queens ahead of their crucial game against Zambia on Friday. We've got details for you as the team readies for the encounter. We're live on DSTV Channel 421 and GoTV Channel 125 around the world on MyJoyOnline.com. Uh, we are independent, fearless, and credible. Stay with us. Join News Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Well, the latest data from the 2023 annual household income and expenditure has revealed that 14.7% of people aged between 15 and 35 were unemployed in the third quarter of 2023. The survey also revealed that more than 400,000 people entered the labor force between the first and third quarters of 2023. However, more than 30% of people in that bracket remained unemployed with over 60 percent of them gaining employment now let's break the figures down for you further uh, if you look at it it says some between uh, the first quarter of uh, 2021 we had some 13.3 percent of Ghanaians have been you know unemployed between those between uh, 15 and 35 now by the second quarter of 2022 it was 13.90 and then it dropped to 13.7 uh, by the third quarter in the fourth quarter of 2023 it, it slowed down or reduced to 11.30 percent 
Then it jumped again by the first, first, first quarter of 2023 to 14.90. Second quarter of last year, 2023, it slowed to uh, 14.60, and then there was a marginal increase to 14.7% by the third quarter of 2023. So if you look at the average unemployment rate from looking at the first to the third quarter of 2022 versus 2023, from the first to the third quarter of 2023, we had around 13.63%. Now, by 2023, uh, first to third quarters, it jumped marginally to 14.73%. Uh, so the increment uh, in terms of unemployment rate was around 1.10%. Now, th- let's look at the unemployment rate by sex. Still looking at the first to third quarters of 2023. If you look at it, we had, you know, uh, the male population was 10.20% in the first quarter of 2022. Uh, the, the female population was 15.90% in the first quarter of 2022. In the second quarter, the unemployed uh, uh, males jumped to 12.40%, and that of the female population slowed or reduced uh, marginally to 15.20%. By the third quarter of 2022, the unemployed male population again slowed or reduced to 10.10%. You know, uh, and then for the female, it it shot up to 16.60%. And then by the fourth quarter of 2022, the male population were unemployed, still maintained at 10.10. But that of the female population dropped again to 12.30%. By the first quarter of 2023, however, the population of women who were unemployed shot up again to 18.20%. Whilst that of the men, uh, you know, also had a marginal increase to 10.80%. By the second quarter, that of the uh, male population who were unemployed increased again marginally to 10.90%, whilst that of the female dropped to 17.50%. By the third quarter of 2023, the male population maintained the rate at 10.90%, whilst the unemployed females, um, uh, you know, jumped marginally to 17, uh, 17.7%. So that, that's, that's it there if you're looking at the male and female population. Now, if you're looking at regional breakdown in the unemployment rate, the Greater Accra region leads or led uh, with 25.70%. Western region followed with 16.80%. Ashanti region came next with 16.40%. Central region followed with uh, 14.40%. Whilst uh, Northeast came fifth with 13.50%. Now, half a region was 11.80%. So that's it there in terms of the regional breakdown. We cannot hear the government statistician, Professor Samuel Enim, announcing this. So in terms of what we've done, as I indicated, this is a quarterly panel survey. It's nationally representative regionally representative, and also the representative for our urban rural classification. The basis, the sampling frame for the 10,800 that we got was from the 2021 population and housing census. Let's keep in mind, let's leave here with not the population of Ghana, which is in excess of 31 million persons, but the population of only those 15 years and older, which is around 19 million. That is the denominator for the conversation. 
And also the reference period for this conversation is seven days preceding the day of the interview. So questions around unemployment, we asked, in the last seven days, did you work? So that is the reference period for the conversation. We have been successfully maintaining a good response rate across the last four quarters, that is from the last quarter of 2022 to the third quarter of 2023. We started replacement in the third quarter of 2023. That is why you see the number of households increasing between the second quarter of 2023 and the third quarter of 2023. So as I indicated, the findings are put into three broad categories. I'm going to start with the findings on the labor force um, characteristics. So the first thing we share with you is think about the constituents of the labor force status. We distinguish between the constituents of the labor force status and the labor force. Now, some Ghanaians have already started uh, reacting. First is the Unemployed Teacher Trainees Association who have been reacting to this development. Let's share with you details of the statement that they issued. Now, it says, we, the Coalition of Unemployed Trained Teachers, uh, CUTT, wish to draw the attention of the Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Education, the GES, stakeholders, and general public to our plight. They continue by saying that having been the pioneers of the four-year B.Ed. program in colleges of education, completed our one-year mandatory national service, as well as successfully passed our licensure exams, there's no news as to when exactly our postings will be done for us. They say it equally raises the questions of how the successes or failures of the now or, or the new B.Ed. program can be realized when we are unemployed. We therefore call on the Ministry of Finance uh, to grant us financial clearance and the Ministry of Education as well as the GES to expedite actions by opening the portal for us to be recruited latest by the first week of March so that the resources the state has invested in training us do not go in vain. Now, some other Guineans like yourself have been sharing uh, your thoughts on the latest unemployment statistics. Watch this. I'm looking forward to start working after NSS. So the government should, since it's an election year, the government should look forward. And then he should do his things for, so that he can employ us and vote for him. Otherwise, we will do it other way. And, uh, and so the government should do well for us. Now the job system in Ghana is very maybe You go to school, the cost of living too is very high. It's very high and it's expensive to imagine going to school, going through all this um, wahala, finish that you come and sit home. Then your parents will be feeding you again. Why? So now we are counting on the government to help us. We don't want to be unemployed like our fellow brothers and sisters. We want him to assist us. Our Minister for Finance has declared that um, the government's payroll is um, full. So that means. The private sector needs to also open their borders for us, if possible. Uh, we, all, we also need to find ourselves something doing, just to reduce the unemployment rate. Maybe find the skills doing. But here lies the case that in our, um, how do we call it, in our tertiary, we are mostly um, taught the book aspects. Now let's engage the chief statistician at the Ghana Statistical Service, Dr. Osu Keja, for more on this. Grateful to you, sir, for joining us. Now help us understand better the unemployment trend on a quarterly basis. 
Hello, sir. But I, I want you to help us appreciate the numbers better by getting the, the, the unemployment trend on a quarterly basis. Let's appreciate those numbers better, sir. Yes, sir. Um, good evening, and I thank you for the opportunity. Mm. Yes, so uh, I don't know where I start from, but maybe uh, to better appreciate this, we need to understand what we mean by uh, a person being unemployed. Okay. And so for somebody to be classified as unemployed, then we are saying that within the reference period, which is the last seven days that preceded the interview, this person did not do any economic activity and was available to take up any job if um, one was made available. Mm. And so this is this is how we define who an unemployed person is. And we are looking at the population um, age between 15 years and, sorry, the population 15 years and older. Mm. Sorry. Is, 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 that, is that how we can see sometimes there's a marginal reduction, sometimes there's a huge increase? It, 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 what is informing that, the changes in terms of the rate in, a, in, in those quarters? But the changes is normal um, in the sense that you find somebody who is engaged in economic activity today, mm. tomorrow he loses it or decides to uh, go to school, for instance. Mm. And so, um, in the presentation made by Prof, he tries to categorize the population into three. Mm. We got to do with the employed population, those who engage in some economic activities and receive some payment. Okay. That is the first group of people. Mm. And the second group of people are the unemployed population that I talked about earlier. And the third group of people are those who we say are outside the labor force. And these are people who possibly may be going to school, mm. possibly are doing home duties for that reason, uh, are not getting anything in terms of immigration out okay. of it. Okay. Um, for some people, they are retirement, and so um, they will tell you they are not uh, interested in engaging in the economic activity. Mm, mm. And so these are the same group of people. And so okay. you find that somebody will be working today, tomorrow the scenario changes, and so they find himself or herself any mm, mm. Now, if you can do this for me in the next 30 seconds, I appreciate it. Now, there was the mention of vulnerable employment. What is it and why is it high in the Northeast, Savannah, and OT regions? It's very difficult to explain why, but again, here uh, we're talking about um, the proportion of the workforce who are um, contributing family workers mm. put together with the own account workers. And so by own account workers, we are talking about the one-man business. Okay. And so he is doing the work on mm. his 
for joining us here now to parliament now where the speaker of parliament alban bagbing has ruled that the caucuses in parliament have no right by themselves to change their leadership and that it is the mother party which has to lead the process as rumors swell of a potential removal of oseche minsabonsu as majority leader to be replaced by his deputy alexander afanyo Markin, first deputy speaker joseph osewusu and other mpp mps who disagree with the decision said the party cannot change their leadership but interpreting the standing orders in this matter, Speaker of Parliament, Alban Sumana Bagbing, insisted that the view is wrong and the party is rather in charge. I have heard, I have listened, and I knew that the parties are having problems with this new definition of the leaders. That is only where this confusion is coming from. The old order referred to party or parties. But this new one is not referring to a party, but caucuses. The old order defined the majority leader to mean a member of parliament designated by the party or parties holding majority of the seats in the House as their recognized leader in the House. Now, this new order says majority level means a member of parliament designated by the majority caucus as their leader in the house designate means appoint now the same standing orders talks about the majority caucus and says Majority caucus means the members of the party or parties that have the largest number of seats in the house. I really don't see the difference. But first deputy speaker Joe Sewusu disagrees. Unfortunately, I thought it was just a matter that was uh, said in jest, but you appear to have taken a position and offering a beautiful interpretation of yours. Very welcome, very beautiful. Mr. Speaker, it would appear to me that in interpreting, in interpreting the parliamentary portion, we haven't taken a look at the various wings of the other parties. If you take my party, the NPP for example, we have what we call the women's wing, the youth wing. When it comes to selecting leaders of the youth week, the party says, the youth, you go and decide. And they select their leaders. When it comes to the women's wing, they say, women, you go and decide. And they select their leaders. So I am not aware of any parliament where anybody outside parliament selects leaders for the parliament. 
I think, in interpreting Estaliones and the prostitution. This group, the parliamentary group, must be recognized as a wing of the party which can and must take decisions regarding its leadership. It doesn't mean that the party has no role. The wing, the parliamentary wing, is a wing of the party. And in deciding who will lead them, I think it should be left to the party, the parliamentary wing of the party. Now, Ghana's parliament is set to pass the controversial anti-LGBTQI plus bill. After nearly three years of the bill being laid in the House, this was after Deputy Majority Leader Alexander Fanyomakin withdrew all the amendments proposed. The bill was sponsored by eight private MPs led by Ningo Pram Pram MP Samuel Nate George. The bill was expected to be passed last week, but that was blocked by the Deputy Majority Leader, Alexander Afenyo-Markin, who proposed several new amendments, which have all now been withdrawn. Let's speak to Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kweku Asante, who joins us via Zoom now with details. Kweku, when the House started considering the second consideration of the bill, Afenyo-Markin, who had proposed several amendments, was nowhere to be found. The minority and the Speaker interpreted this as an effort to frustrate the passage. Is that it? Yes, he had moved 14 amendments. In time, he has proposed them, I should say. Mm. And when it was time to move them, he was nowhere to be found. It was his deputy, the, one of the deputy whips, Abibi Dries, who was in the chat at the time, trying to filibuster, trying to delay time a little bit to get Alexander mm. Fenyamakin to, to come in. It was a back and forth for almost an hour. But before that, the Speaker of Parliament had made it clear that the delay in terms of moving this bill forward is not something that he agrees with. It's not something he wants to counter us. The mm. go on. The minority and the speaker rightfully said that Alexander Fenyamaki was just trying to frustrate the passage of the bill. Let's listen to Muntaka Mubarak, Imano Kisibedra, and the speaker himself. Truly, he was interested in moving this amendment. It was advertised that it would be taken yesterday and today. And we all agreed that yesterday that this was going to be done today. Because yesterday, we were making effort to get it done. So if it's absent, and we use that as an excuse that because it's not around, we should leave it. Then, Mr. Speaker, we are rather facilitating the frustration that are being made to frustrate the passage of this bill. There is an attempt by some group of people to, to forestall or prevent the bill being passed. And we see it as a sabotage and we see it as an intention. An intention uh, attitude. Mr. Speaker, this morning we agreed that we were going to meet with one of the sponsors of the amendment, Honorable Deputy Majority Leader. If the person is not there to move the motion, that is it. It's lost. And we move on. Well, the Deputy Majority Leader then came in, but with a new proposal. What was that? Oh, the, the Deputy Majority Leader, Alexander Fenomakian's proposal is now that he's not against the bill, he still insists, but that the political parties, their leads, the flag bearers between John Mahama and Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya, the two persons must meet on this bill to flesh out an agreement before Parliament will move ahead to pass it. Permit me to brief you on an intervening action uh, by me. Yesterday, I did indicate on the floor that I intend to engage the sponsors 
for us to get deeper into some consensus on the amendments I proposed largely on non-custodial sentence for aspects of the bill. Suffice to state that, in principle, I am with them on the objects of the bill. And materially, major part of the bill, we are adding them on scene. Mr. Speaker, I have accordingly followed up, engaged the minority leader, because yesterday the minority front bench indicated that any such engagement with the sponsors must first start with the leave of the leadership, which I felt it was right. I did indicate to him that I would write formally to him to inform him of the steps I intend taking. I also spoke to the minority chief whip and few of the sponsors. Mr. Speaker, um, I have since delivered the letter to the minority leader's office and I brought in a copy, which copy is with him now. I have also uh, delivered to your good office the original of uh, communication to you indicating the steps I believe if we take as a house we'll be able to deal with these minor parts of the bill. Again, Mr. Speaker, the Attorney General is also his receipt of my letter. And basically, I have indicated that it would be proper for him to sit with us, especially as the non-custodial sentencing regime being introduced by them is founded in my amendment. It's better we have a fuller perspective. Mr. Speaker, I need to emphasize respectfully that no attempt whatsoever is being made by me to stall this all-important bill by way of emphasis. I have proposed in the letter that the two flag bearers for the 2024 elections be engaged by the sponsors and my group. Webu, how did the speaker rule on this application by the deputy majority leader? Well, uh, uh, Mr. Badwin, who we know, was clearly frustrated by the delay in passing this bill without countenance or anything at all. He wants parliament to move ahead and do what he has to do. He says parliament is properly seized with the matter and Alexander Afenya Market is out of order and seeking to abuse the rules of the House. You are taking advantage of my grace by abusing the practice and procedure of this House. There must always be a rule to go by. We are not at the referral of the bill to a committee for consideration. We passed that. We've done the second reading, gone through all the principles and policies. We've done the consideration stage. Now, you called on the House to do second consideration stage on some process of the bill. We now cannot go back to stakeholder engagements and all those things. 
There is no such rule in our practice. So you are completely out of order. Please, actions speak louder than words. Did the deputy majority leader move his amendment? Yes, he did move one of them. It was opposed by Harun Adrisu. And then eventually, with the golden of the speaker, the speaker urging him to actually withdraw these amendments, he did indeed withdraw all his amendments, paving the way mm-hmm. for the bill to be passed eventually tomorrow or by the end of this week. That application having been refused, although, Mr. Speaker, we are the masters of our own rules, and under the rule of winnowing, we at consideration, we may apply. I take it that application has been refused. And I had proposed this on the grounds that it was a new thing that was coming, and I felt that we could winnow and have further discussion. And the records of this House would bear me out that I had actually indicated that colleagues have also said they would be happy we look at it together. And that was the step I was taking, and it was so in good faith. Mr. Speaker, I want the report to reflect. I was doing so in good faith. Mr. Speaker, having said that, I respect your ruling, and I proceed to move the clause 6. Mr. Speaker, the sub-clause 2, line 5, you delete the existing provisions and insert community service of not less than three months and not more than five months. I saw Mr. Speaker. There is a trained lawyer that in law there is a significant difference between a felony and a misdemeanor. And the words of the sponsors of clause six is the use of the word misdemeanor, misdemeanor, which he wants to substitute. Misdemeanor ordinarily will mean not a serious kind by any definition. This is still the journey's prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more stories to stay. the university with 26 years of excellence in education now in Ghana. We are both the university offering degree programs in health information management, software engineering, network security and computer forensics. Admission is in progress with up to 50% scholarships for the first 150 students. Locate us at East Ligon near ANC Mall. Call 0302-523782 or WhatsApp 020-990-4714 for more details. Both the university, vibrance, innovation. begun. Shifting our focus to a new horizon, connecting us with one purpose, 
to create and share opportunities to grow. Today, we are making a brighter tomorrow, built by our dreams and our energy. Across our continent, across the world, we are creating a better way to a better future. The Pan-African Future, together. Ecobank, a better way, a better Africa. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Whether it's 1924, 2024, or 2124, We've always known that you are driven by your sense of safety and well-being. It is what drives us too to see you through from start to finish, from small to big. And in the last 100 years, as you have evolved, so have we also expanded to serve you in many ways. From cradle to grave, with expertise in insurance, life, pensions, properties, health, and for those beautiful, memorable goodbyes. It's 2024, and in all our markets, our pedigree is recognized, our strength respected, our expertise valued, and our solutions sought by all who desire an advantage in life. Experience the time-tested and truly trusted 100 years legacy of Ghana's oldest insurer. Take charge of your future now. Insurance. Life. Pensions, property management, funeral services, health insurance. Enterprise, your advantage. How far was your internship? To be honest, I'm so nervous about starting this new world on Monday. Oh, please, I know you'll be great at it. You should be worried about what benefits they have. Example, do they have health insurance? I doubt they will have that for internet. But no shaking. I have any choice already. Actually, I'm still aligned. Tin, tin, tin. Hey, now. Look at you. What are you going to do in your office when you can just download your app to register for an NHIS membership? Yes, my people. You heard right. You can now download and register your membership on my NHIS app. No long queues or tedious paperwork. All you need is your Ghana card to register for yourself and for others. Once you register, you get a new digital NHIS card on your phone. My NHIS app gives you access to credentialed health facilities and services across the country. NHIS covers over 95% of disease conditions in Ghana. Access to healthcare just got easier. 
Now let me sign up quickly. Me self, I'm starting work next. the break. Now, former Minister of, of Finance, Seth Tekpe, says Ghana's current debt crisis will undermine the latest proposals by President Akufuado, asking for the withdrawal of at least 30% of all public funds and other assets kept in foreign banks and financial institutions. Now, according to the President, his country and other African states have found a fund of placing their sovereign reserves in foreign financial institutions. A situation he believes is derailing much-needed development financing for Africa. Blessed Soga has more in the following report. It is the largest gathering of African heads of states and government. But beyond the assembly, the African Union Summit provides an opportunity to discuss critical issues confronting the continent. On the sidelines of the event in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, African leaders discussed reforms that ought to take place in the global financial architecture in order to give boost to Africa's prosperity. As the champion of African Union's financial institutions, President Akufuado made a passionate demand that at least 30% of sovereign foreign reserves be allocated to the likes of the African Development Bank, amongst others. We should take a decision that a minimum of 30% of the reserves of each one of us, the sovereign reserves, should in fact be in, in, invested in the African multilateral, uh, multilateral institutions. I speak about the ADB, I speak of Afro-Exim Bank, which would strengthen their balance sheets and strengthen their capacity also to facilitate more and more resources for our development. So these institutions are institutions which are ours and which we can trust. As a key champion of uh, African Union's financial institutions, President Akufado is leading a presidential dialogue seeking uh, to call for some change and a global reform in the global financial architecture. Experts argue that Africa has been uh, on the receiving end of paying higher prices and a cost for its development financing. It's the reason for which this uh, presidential dialogue is seen as timely and an intervention that can bring about change. As the debate rages on, many African countries are beginning to gain support from other multilateral institutions, and that includes the Commonwealth. Having as many as 19 Commonwealth member states in Africa, Secretary General of the Framework, Patricia Scotland, tells Joy News that a reform in the global financial architecture will be required in unlocking Africa's economic potentials. And we are looking at how you restructure debt. We have Meridian, which is the debt management system in the Commonwealth, which deals with both uh, public debt and private debt. And from looking at that data, we can see the trends and how we can help to turn it around. Just this morning, our President Nanado Dankwa was leading a dialogue, a presidential dialogue targeted at, at seeking uh, for change in the international financial architecture. Do you agree with this posture of these African leaders? We've, we've been driving this for a long time, and therefore I was absolutely delighted to see, I 
feel like saying my Ghanaian president really at the forefront because if you look back to 2018, the Commonwealth was saying that the financial architecture was simply not fit for purpose. If you look at what is happening in so many of our countries when it comes to climate change, and so the, the structure, the financial structure, which does not take into account that vulnerability simply doesn't work. And as the president was saying this morning, it cannot be fair. Uh, data analysts here will join you, sir. Isaac Kofi joins with a breakdown on Ghana's international reserves. Kofi, uh, first, let's understand how important this international reserves is um, in terms of stabilizing the economy. Right. Could you if you can hear me, this is what countries usually use to stabilize their currency. So uh, the magnitude of your external you know, reserves actually has a direct impact on how robust your economy will be, even in the domestic scene. Mm. So you hear President Tekufuado requesting for a redraw of 30% of what we traditionally hold uh, in some of these multilateral organizations like the IMF and the World Bank for us to be able to invest in multilateral banks in Africa like the AFDB. Mm. But you have to ask yourself a very simple question. Is the AFDB in that position to give you the magnitude of support you need when you are uh, in that uh, you know, uh, critical situation for Forex? So, for instance, this year, Ghana wants $3 billion in support for us to be able to finance our balance of payments. We have to fall on the International Monetary Fund. They give us a quota of what we have with them. So that $3 billion that we've been able to get from the IMF, that computation was actually done based on Ghana's contribution and the quota that we have. Mm -hmm. So for us to get that $3 billion, that tells you the magnitude of the uh, you know, forex that some of these multilateral banks like the IMF and the World mm -hmm. Bank, they all have support developing countries like Ghana where mm. they are in that situation. Okay. In 2024 this year, uh, we need about $3 billion again to show up our balance of payment. Mm. Come to think of it, World Bank is giving us some $400 million projected, IMF projected to give us some $750 million. and the AFDB that we are talking about in this situation is only giving us $44 million. Mm. So right from the word you see where the magnitude of support is coming from. But you ask yourself, will you be able to take 30% of your reserves from institutions like the World Bank and the IMF? Okay. When mm. some critical institutions like the Eurobond, where mm. you go and borrow close to $3 billion, all find solace in okay. the fact that you belong to organizations that, like the IMF and mm. the World Bank. All right, so that's Kofi Ajay there. Meanwhile, there are concerns that given the sovereign debt crisis confronting many African nations, a withdrawal of 30% of sovereign reserves and its subsequent investment in Africa banks will make very little difference. Former Finance Minister Seth Tepe is of the view our economic condition will undermine the president's proposal. If we are going to borrow from the African Development Bank, Africanism, to support trade or to support infrastructure, as we have with Fossil Solar and other projects of the African Development Bank, there are going to be loans. And the only reason African Development Bank is not at the table 
in the debt discussions that we are having is because it is grouped among the multilaterals with African Development, with the World Bank and the um, IMF itself as a regional bank. Or else, the loans that we received from them in the past <laughs> would have been a matter of negotiation. And that is why, you know, the official, you know, um, sorry, that's why the multilaterals uh, are not at the table. Now, secondly, the strength of the African Development Bank to give us loans depends on their ratings. I mean, what most of us do not know is that much of the money that the African Development Bank gives to its member states is actually borrowed. And the African Development Bank is rated AAA, one of the highest. Afriazim is rated BAAA. So they are in the same Western financial markets. Well, let's get more on this by speaking to someone who really understands how these financial, uh, financial systems work. Professor Godfrey Bokping is uh, a professor of finance at the University of Ghana. Prof, thank you for joining us. Now, do you think that Ghana could proceed with a withdrawal of, uh, you know, this 30% giving our current debt crisis? I think um, I, I lean towards the proposal. Uh, the reason is that we have to start from somewhere. Mm. It is not as though the 30% withdrawal is a game changer, but I'm looking at it from a more broader African perspective. If, if, if you look at the risk at which African countries borrow from the West, traditional market, it's quite high. They are able to lend so much to us, including the World Bank and the IMF, and the rest of them is because they have so much. And part of what they have is actually from us. So it's not only from our international reserves. I think the whole conversation is about how do we build confidence in our own system that beyond the tension of our own international reserves, there is confidence for the private wealth of African individuals that we are able to retain, reinvest, plow back their wealth on the continent so that we are able to leverage on that. That will give us cheap capital. But if we continue like this, that, hey, there is no open, we throw our hands in the air, there is no bank outside this continent that can help to finance the developmental needs of Africa unless Africa invests in Africa. And a good way to do so is to leverage on some of these regional development banks that are highly rated and mm. therefore have the balances mm. to mm. complement whatever resources we put at their disposal okay. with external capital. That is the only way. Look, mm. if you look at the invest the financing gap in, in closing the infrastructure gap in Africa mm. alone, mm-hmm. on an annual basis it's more than hundred billion dollars. Okay. okay. As we speak right now the, the global uh, fund managers, they sit on, on funds in excess of $100 trillion. Their focus is not Africa. Okay. All it's right. Africa that must invest in Africa and, and retain that welfare. So okay. beyond what the president is saying, I support mm. the president's proposal, okay. but it goes beyond just this. Okay. How do we put in place the necessary financial sector reform, mm. financial mm. market reforms within okay. Africa? 
Okay. That gives Africans confidence to invest in African financial markets. Okay. That also allows us to retain our international reserves. Look at Ghana's solving wealth. Okay. Do you okay. know how much Ghana is earning on the solving wealth we have invested outside the country? Okay, prof. So low, and mm. we go for expensive euro bonds. Okay. Okay. okay, so we give them the money, mm. and then they lend it back to us at expensive rates. Okay, Prof. And they keep the spread. Mm. Okay, grateful to you for, for that thought here. Now, it's time for fact checking now. Today, we're focusing on some of the claims made by Deputy General Secretary of the New Patriotic Party, Haruna Mohammed, and that of the National Democratic Congress, Mustafa Bande, at the launch of election headquarters. Now, Raymond Akwa, our research lead, has more on the claims and the verdict. Let's start with a claim made by the governing MPP's Deputy General Secretary, Harina Mohammed. It is true that the MPP government did not set out to start farms. The policy document on the planting for food and jobs launched in 2017 states that the goal of the program was to modernize the agricultural sector to improve food security, reduce gov poverty, and also create employment opportunities. The five key pillars designed for policy action were provisioning of subsidized certified seeds, subsidized fertilizers, e-agriculture, market opportunities, and free extension services. It is also true that there has been some improvement in the agri-sector growth since it was introduced. Growth in the sector averaged 1.9% percent from 2014 to 2016 this increased to an average of 5.2 percent from 2017 to 2019 and further increased to an average of 6.6 percent from 2020 to 2022 the npp did not say that the npp is coming to construct or develop farms oh. the npp said to support okay. farmers so that's the going to support farmers okay and it is Let's now concentrate on the claim made by the NDC's Deputy General Secretary, Mustafa Bande. They are pointing us to B5. MPP cannot say that B5 is not under their policy of one district, one factory. But you and I know that B5 was established in 2022. So when did it become part mm. of one district, one fact. The claim that the company B5 Plus Limited was established in 2022 is false. B5 was rather founded in the year 2002. Interestingly, in 2021, when President Akufuado commissioned the first phase of its iron and steel factory in the Nigopraprem district, he said that the factory was built with 1D, 1F support. A position corroborated by the CEO of B5 Plus, Mukesh Takwani, who also stated that it was built in line with the 1D 1F initiative. 